0: Hey, John, welcome to the intro podcast. How are you doing today? Good, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm super excited and probably not for reasons that you might think about having you on the podcast today because um, uh, especially in the rapid fire section that we do, uh, because that's, I think that's, even though we get such great um, advice and insight in the first part of the, the show, it's the second part that I love because, you know, People reveal some, you know, some <laughs> some real things. You know,
1: yeah, sure. All the like the canned answers, uh, yeah, fall by the wayside.
0: Right, exactly. And um, uh, this the the other reason I'm excited is um, I was at an event that you uh, you interviewed um, someone from Collectivo. Yeah, Lincoln. And I, yes, and yeah, uh, the founder. Uh, and I really uh, appreciated everything that came out of that discussion Mm -hmm. and, um, and your work around making time, Mm -hmm. uh, has, believe it or not, it has had an impact. It's not, I'm still not probably the best at it, (laughs) but I try, I try. And so I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really excited to share, you know, if some of that comes out in the discussion today. Cool. Cool. So, here's how I describe you to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I I say, yeah, I know this guy, John, ex-Google Venture guy, you know, like helped Google build companies. Uh, he's written books. Like I have one of his books here. It's really cool. He's a cool guy, just the most genuine, uh, down to earth, like approachable. I think one of the first times I, I met you in person was uh, at an event at No Studios and it was just like, It's like we had known each other forever. Yeah. And the first time we did meet was me calling you to ask if you would come speak for a program I was putting together for high school students. That's right. Yeah. And that just left such a tremendously positive impression on me. So I appreciate that. I I asked you this before, and the answer was interesting. But what? How do you? When someone says, "Hey, John, what do you do?" (laughs) <laughs> what is your answer today? And, and what's sort of the overview of what all of that means?
1: I've been struggling with that answer for a long time. And it uh, it changes a lot. But, and of course, it depends on who's asking. You know, I don't have like, I can't just say like, I'm a lawyer. You know, I don't have like right. like one of sort of the standard jobs that like seven-year-olds know about. So uh-huh. I can't just like say the word and everybody will understand. So So I usually... Like These days, if it's somebody that there's there's no basis and I don't know why they're asking, I'll say, I have a business that provides training and other resources to teams who want to find ways to work better together and make better use of their time as Mm -hmm. a team at work. Um, and so that hits on a bunch of things for me that hits on the fact that it's a business, you know, it's a it's a something that, uh, you know, I take seriously. Um, it hits on the, the sort of the why of it, you know, helping people um, work better together and make time. And, I, and it also, I think, um, connects kind of the two sides of what I do, which is like very much an individual. Like, how can I help you make better use of your time? But also like kind of working against a lot of the default structures that we see in the workplace of like crappy meetings and like too much email and sort of more of that team collaboration side of it. So, Mm -hmm. so that's my, that's one of my answers. The, the like sort of bigger picture of it is that I, my, my career has been like mostly as a designer and that word means different things to different people, but I really like, from the very beginning up till today like the thing that I love to do is to spend time with small teams, helping them figure out what they're doing and why it matters. Um, and approaching that with kind of a human centered lens, which is, you know, very much like a design perspective. So, so it's been mostly technology companies. Um, and, uh, but, but other, other things too, but that's kind of my, my bread and butter.
0: Yeah. And I agree. Um, I mean, I have to. It's your description of yourself, um, <laughs> right. but no, seriously. I would love it if you had a better description of me.
1: I that would be super John, useful me for yeah. me. Actually, let, let yeah. me tell you
0: what, what you really do. Um, yeah. No, I love it. Uh, as I've read your work, as I've you know, like I said, I was lis- I've lis- heard you speak before, as I've interacted with you, I really see you as a designer. That's a great word for mm-hmm. it. A designer of different things, you know, whether it's product or process or or yeah. whatever it might be, um, that just to me, uh, gets people to a point to figure things out faster. Yeah. And I love that. Um, and it's been super helpful in my career. I've taken, uh, your work and implemented it in different areas, you know, and professionally and personally. So, um, that all of that said is, um, yes, it's, I'm um, again, I'm glad you're on the show, but really I'm more interested in taking a step or a few steps back Mm -hmm. and where did it start? What was your first professional gig and how did you get it?
1: So I think that my first like real professional gig, like, you know, full-time job, like salary, like this is my job title was, was after graduation from college. Um, And I got a job as a designer at a tech startup in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I think it it might be interesting to back up a second because I was doing like professional design work when I was in college. So, um, I, I had like grown up, I grew up like in the nineties. Um, so I like grew up in that era when like people were getting computers for the first time and then like getting the internet for the first time. And so I was like very much interested in like, what can I do with this stuff? Like, what can I make? And, uh, you know, like I lived in the country, so like, like, you know, it was just always kind of sort of tinkering and messing with things. So, so it's that thread of like figuring out. So I was like really into that. And then when I got into college, I got into like, uh, designing, um, like I worked at a newspaper while I was in college, I worked at a newspaper in Madison where I went to school, um. And then I started to learn web design. And so I like had a few uh, contract gigs like through the university, like helping build websites for university departments. And I had a little uh, web design business while I was still in college with my my clients for like small businesses in Madison and like nonprofits where it was like they didn't have a website and they were like, I guess we need a website. Will you make it for us? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it for a thousand bucks. And they were like, that's way cheaper than like anybody else. Um, so that was like my, you know, I, those were professional experiences, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, I wasn't conducting myself all that professionally, I don't think. Sure. Um, and so then after I graduated, uh, I got that job at the startup in Chicago and that, that was like a, definitely like a, a pivotal point for, for me and for my career.
0: And being entrepreneurial while in school yeah, and then going to work for a startup Was that something that was just, uh, that just kind of happened that way or, or were you exposed to sort of the entrepreneurial space earlier in life that, that, that was a natural path for you? Um,
1: sort of. So my, um, my family owns a manufacturing business. So like, so I come from like a family of business owners, but I I wouldn't call them entrepreneurs because they didn't start it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like, I sort of had this, this familiarity with like what it's like to have your own thing, but not to like start it from nothing. Um, And it is, I actually ended up working at the startup in Chicago kind of by accident. I, because I had been doing like client work. So building websites for, for other businesses I was thinking that I would go and work at like an ad agency or like a marketing agency sure. in Chicago. My my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she graduated from college a year before me, so she moved to Chicago and she worked in an ad agency. And so I was like, oh, I'll do that. Like I I understand that world. I I sort of understand like what it's like to be in client service, and I can make websites for for bigger companies and bigger brands. And so I probably applied to like four or five like ad agency type jobs, and I applied to this one tech startup job because I had a blog at the time. This was like in the super early days of blogging and somebody commented on one of my blog posts where I posted like, Hey, I'm moving to Chicago. And they were like, you should apply to work at this cool tech startup. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so it's like, it is like a pattern that has showed up again and again in my career where like the plan that I have is like going this way. And then like, there's this little door that opens just like little, like, you know, like a switch on like a train track. And then I like, I like accidentally end up going this different way and it ends up being like really great and and really cool. So that's, that's totally what happened with that, that first job.
0: That's man. So many interesting things about that. And, uh, and that is a common theme Mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm learning from doing this podcast is that there's a plan and then there's the not plan and the not plan (laughs) is usually what happens. And it, and it turns out, you know, at least for the people that I've been talking with. And um, the reason I asked the question uh, about whether or not sort of startups, entrepreneurship was, you know, something you were exposed to early is I I wonder if when you're graduating, you know, from UW-Madison and uh, you're going to get a, you're looking for a job, and you decide, oh, I'm going to go work for this startup, that what I wonder is, what kind of advice comes your way? And was there any advice there or there and then or throughout your career, your journey, um, that today you can look at it and say, uh, you know, I understand what they were saying, but I'm glad I kind of moved away <laughs> from what, what they said.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, there are no like sort of lightning bolt moments of that stuff, but Mm -hmm. there, there is a recurring pattern. It's gotten to be less and less over time, but I think there is a recurring pattern of there being a safe, normal path. And then, and then me deciding to be like a little bit off of that path. Um, and so like even when I was going into college, like my parents encouraged me to study engineering because again, loved tinkering, loved figuring things out. Um, and, uh, And I started in engineering and, and I totally hated at least the like coursework of being like an engineering student. So I ended up studying journalism, um, for reasons that are, we can talk about or not talk about, but, um, but so like there was that. And then I think like this idea of going to a startup, like, like nobody was like, oh, you shouldn't do that. But, but I think that like the culture that I was raised in and sort of the, I mean, in some ways, like kind of the culture of Wisconsin is like, there are these safe established paths. And if you're off the path, like you're taking a risk. Um, And I even remember like this one conversation when, so I, the startup that I worked at um, after college, excuse me, we were acquired by Google in 2007. So that's how I ended up working at Google. And I remember like in the first year, like talking to friends, like, Oh, I work at Google now. And then like, and, and like Google was really famous. Like one of the things they were famous for at that time was like, you get free lunch, you know? And now <laughs> right. like a lot of companies do that tech companies and others. But like at uh-huh. the time it was like, Oh my God, free lunch. And I just remember like friends being like, how is that sustainable? Like how do they subsidize <laughs> that? And I was like, Google makes like, I mean, I don't know if it was billions at the time. It was like, Google makes a ton of money. They're like super profitable and successful, but it was still this like, it felt it felt risky or it felt dangerous or it felt like a little bit off the path. so mm-hmm. so I think probably like the biggest single piece of advice was probably like choosing to to ignore my my parents' advice, and you know, if if they see this, you know, I don't think they'll be upset because we've talked about <laughs> this, but but like to sort of like you know, decide to get off that path of, of conventional sort of engineering. It's like a, it's a safe proven thing. And to, to jump into this world that, um, you know, now is much more mainstream and accepted, but, but in the early 2000s, like doing like internet stuff and web stuff was like not con- like, it was not clear that that was going to be a great idea. Right. Um, and so I'm really glad that I, that I made that decision.
0: So staying in that, in that sort of theme, uh, as someone who experiments mm-hmm. uh, what is one of the best mistakes you've made that you that may have in the moment again seemed like oh man this is this is tough yeah but you look back and go really glad that happened
1: yeah again I don't know if it was like a, a like a super acute moment of mistake but like there was a period when after we got acquired by Google that I had a lot of like anxiety around my, my identity, like what I thought about myself versus what I was actually doing. So like I, I had worked at a startup and by the time that experience ended, I was like, Oh, I'm a startup guy. That's going to be my thing. And so then I remember even though it was like working at Google and like such an amazing company at an amazing time, um, I remember just feeling like, oh, like, like, when can I leave and like start a company? Like, I just had this weird sort of like agitation around it. And so, what I ended up doing was starting a ton of side projects. Um, so I would like, I would like do design work with um, with other people who were interested in like. Uh, the one that got the furthest was a to-do list app called Dunzo. That okay. was uh, our claim to fame. I mean, not to fame. Our only claim to significance was that we were. As far as I know, we were the first to-do list app that, mm-hmm. where there was a, both a web app and an iPhone app and those things would talk to each other over the internet, over the air. Because at the time, all the to-do list apps, you had to plug your phone into your computer to, sync, to synchronize mm-hmm. it. So I did that, but like worked on this thing called Bizfolio that was going to be like a, like a database of business information. I worked on a thing called uh, Film, what was it? Film Noodle. That was like a... Sort of like a kind of like rotten tomatoes i guess like a film review site and these were like all side projects and and like the and they were all like screw ups basically like <laughs> like i they were all the classic like oh i can totally do this on top of my job like f- like this is going to be great like it's going to be so fun and then like right. 3 months later i would be like oh my god what are we doing like this is terrible like i don't have time for this this is not going to go anywhere and so i like I kind of like had these, these loops of like doing that and then feeling bad because it, it didn't go well. Um, but, but it was, but looking back on it, it was a really good experience or set of experiences because I learned to, I think, appreciate the opportunities that I had at Google much more because I had dabbled in these other things. But I also picked up a lot of little skills and a lot of like, like I got exposure to like, you know, just sort of like, you know, like different, like programming languages or like, you know, things about like web hosting and like, like just all sorts of like little details of things that I wouldn't necessarily have learned about that. I, that I ran into, I encountered with these side projects that have, I think have served me very well in the, in the years right. since.
0: What I love about that question is, um, it doesn't have to be failure. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, it's really what I learned when I ask that is the answers that come back end up being all of these things that have prepared someone yeah. for where they are or where they were going, even though it doesn't feel like it in the moment, you know, yeah. Yeah. it can suck. It can suck pretty bad. But, yeah, because um, it feels like
1: you didn't get where you were trying right. to go. But you don't yet at the time, you don't know where you're going to end up and you right. don't know how what you just learned is going to help you. But, so all you have in the moment is like, oh, I thought it was going to be like this, but it didn't work out. And that that doesn't yep. feel good.
0: And I, sh- I shouldn't do this, but be exactly what you just said, I now sometimes say, oh, no, what do I not know now that I will know <laughs> in a few years that I could be applying that I'll be applying then (laughs) and so I get in this loop and I'm like, all right, slow down just, you know, be present. Yeah, Um, exactly. um, So of all the, the, I mean, it's, you've given a perfect uh, runway up to everything that you've done from the beginning of your career to now. And, Mm -hmm. um, and the, you know, what, what was, I guess, I, I can see the link, but what was the thing that that, you, that happened or that, uh, you know, appeared to you that you said, all right, I am going to go and do this. This stuff has been calling me. I'm going to, you know, write a book or I'm going to, I'm just going to go out and, and, you know, leave Google where, you know, I, I understand the feeling of, yeah, how is this? You know, people thinking the perception of how is it sustainable? How is a company like that sustainable? Mm-hmm. To me, it's like, wow, how to get in and be in. There would be more anxiety for me on leaving mm. and saying, you know, like, will I ever be let back in if I wanted to come back if this other thing doesn't work out? But what was that moment for you? What was that like?
1: Yeah, so I ended up staying at Google for 10 years. So mm-hmm. I worked at um, Google in Chicago for two years on Google's advertising products. And then I moved to, san francisco and i worked at youtube which is owned by google of course um and i worked on the team that launched the youtube channels platform so like at the time you would have like a profile on youtube but there was no such thing as a channel so i helped to create that and then i spent most of my time at google at google ventures which is a venture capital firm that's backed by google but operates as sort of an independent vc firm and my job there was to like Um, you know, we, we were investors, so that's the fundamental job, but my sort of niche was to work with the companies that we invested in, go inside those companies, help them out, help them figure out again, that's back to that theme of figuring out, help them figure out, like, is this product idea going to work? Is this way of attracting customers going to work? Does the business model make sense? Um, and I got to do that again and again with like close to. 200 different startups, which is right. a crazy number, but it's, it's a, it's a true number because I was there six years and let's say there's, there's like 40, 40 weeks of, of real work per year. And so the six times 40 is like 240. So I like worked with like a company a week basically for that right. entire time I was there. Um, and so I ended up leaving Google ventures in 2017 and had, had already written the sprint book by that time. So I had this glimpse of like, like, uh, a world outside of of Google ventures and I had gotten to know other authors who were doing speaking and consulting and coaching. So I was like, okay, so that's a thing. But the, the, the more significant like observation about that decision was not about what I was leaving, but it was about what I was moving toward. Sure. Um, so I actually didn't really struggle with the decision. It wasn't a hard decision to leave Google Ventures. It, I I think more about it now than I thought about it at the time sure. because at the time I was super motivated by what I was going to do next, which was my wife and I were going to take some time off, and we 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 were going to end, and ended up moving onto our sailboat, and we sailed from San Francisco to Key West via the Panama Canal. That took us about eighteen months. So we were basically were sort of like nomadic, like kind of open ended travelers um uh not we weren't really working sort of like you know i guess semi early retired um for that period um and i was just so excited about that challenge and that opportunity that it was like like yeah like getting away from like all these people in san francisco talking about onboarding flows and in growth (laughs) loops at coffee shops like yeah i'm ready for a break from that i'm ready to like go out and see a part of the world um and to be a bit more self-sufficient So. So yeah, it actually wasn't like this super big decision. I was, I was always just kind of like thinking about what was, what was out there, I guess. Yeah.
0: It seems like you are naturally present in the moment. And, um, I think like when I think of that and I think of what you've done and the things you're doing today, what are, um, some of sort of the favorite parts of your work today?
1: there are things there are activities that I, I enjoy doing, but mm-hmm. for me it's really like motivated by the why it's motivated by this mission of helping people spend their time on work that matters mm-hmm. and so i just I just love that transformation I love that process I love talking to a, a a person whether it's a startup founder or whether it's a a team at a bigger company, and when we first talk, they're like I'm not sure what to focus on. I feel very overwhelmed, distracted. I've got all these different things going on. And then at the end of that process for them to be able to say, we figured these things out. We know what we're doing. We know what matters. We know what doesn't matter. Um, That like that transformation and that, uh, you know, I kind of think of it as a, a, an act of service, you know, that sort of opportunity for me to provide service to somebody. That's the thing that I, that I love the most. Um, And I'm, I'm lucky in that I, really enjoy a lot of the tactical details. You know, I enjoy writing, I enjoy speaking. I enjoy designing things. I enjoy doing all those bits, but the thing, the, the thing that is the most motivating and and fulfilling is really attached to that mission. I think.
0: Great. That's awesome. All right. So all the heavy stuff is, is, is done. (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool. Um, I, I mean, I could go on and on, but, uh, um, it's time for some rapid fire. All right, let's do it. Okay, so there's no, and I love that everyone always says it. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, there are no no rules, no judgment. Okay. First answer, whatever the answer is, is the okay. answer. All right. So number one, what are you reading, watching, or listening to at the moment that you'd recommend to someone who's launching their career? Yeah. Um-
1: so I, I read a lot and it just so happens that the thing I'm reading right now, I think is is super useful for people who are deciding what to do. Uh, yeah. It's it's the book Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's Annie Duke is like, a she's a really successful uh, poker, professional poker player. And she wrote this book about how like um, thinking of your decisions in terms of betting on a particular outcome and what are the probabilities and not like, yes or no you know is it going to work or not work but really like what are the chances that it's going to work and what are the what are the downsides and what are the upsides it's just like this kind of framework for making decisions
0: and it's it's super interesting it sounds cool i made a note okay this is my favorite i'm just gonna be honest it's my favorite (laughs) what is your go-to food when you need a boost
1: is coffee a food
0: it is for me at yeah least. me too yeah. i mean i i'm uh i love
1: coffee i love drinking coffee making coffee talking about coffee thinking about coffee <laughs> i've worked with some coffee companies um so it's probably coffee um there's like a there's like a scale i think uh like dark chocolate is another great one it's like you know it has a little bit of, of caffeine in it right. um i like to like if i want to like have a sort of a healthy energizing snack i'll usually have like nuts or like a kind bar something that's like mostly comprised of, of sort of whole ingredients um if i have a little bit more time i'll make like uh like something involving avocado um that was a that was a habit that that got cemented living in san francisco and then and then traveling through central america where there's just like avocados everywhere so yeah it takes a little bit more time but but coffee is the definitely the go-to
0: same for me same for me well i and chocolate so yeah <laughs> okay uh instagram or TikTok?
1: neither actually i um i've never used TikTok, although i think i i you know i understand it mm-hmm. to the extent that somebody who has never used it can understand it um and it used to have an instagram account that i used mostly for travel like posting pictures of like when we were sailing but um sure but i i don't have that account anymore i don't have the app on my phone either so
0: I for some reason I thought that might be your answer. Yeah. Either. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite podcast? Do you have one?
1: Um, the one that I like listen to the most frequently and for the longest, oh. you know, the longest that I have been listening to it is um, it's probably afford anything. Okay. Which is which is now like super popular. It's by um, hosted by this, this woman Paula Pant. And it, it started out as a, like a personal finance podcast, which is why it's called Afford Anything. Uh, but it's really become kind of more broadly about like the trade-offs with the decisions that we make about our money, health, um, you know, careers, yeah. you know, whatever habits we have. So she, she is a great interviewer and she gets really, really good guests.
0: Okay, another tough one, YouTube or Hulu?
1: well i'm a bit biased toward youtube since i worked there but but we also we have um we we like we don't have cable we have one we have one cable coming into our house and it is the internet connection and then um and then we use youtube tv as like our our like tv provider so it's it's totally wireless and like it's it's pretty cool but yeah Mm -hmm. definitely
0: team team youtube i have uh i've said this on a couple of episodes here i have like I've never rarely used YouTube other than like home repair, do it yourself. Oh yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. But in, since March and being in, in the house, I have watched so many concerts on YouTube. now. It's amazing. Like last night, uh, my son and I watched Foo Fighters from beginning to end. It was amazing. So yeah, yeah, I'm just loving YouTube right now. Yeah. Um, all right. So this, You've interviewed people, but if you had a talk show, who would be your very first guest?
1: I mean, if I could actually get anyone, it would probably be Oprah. I don't know. I think that that what she I, I saw somebody describe her recently as the original influencer. <laughs> and like, I like don't love that word influencer, but but I think um, she was so far ahead of her time in terms of like, creating a business and a brand around just being a person that people mm-hmm. can connect with and, and using that, using her success, like mostly for good, um, that I just, I just think she's, she's amazing. So yeah, Beat I don't think off. she would, I don't think she'd come on my show, but that would be my choice <laughs> if I, if I could.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for the time, for the stories. Yeah, thanks for, for the having learnings. Me. Yeah, this was amazing. So, um, we'll keep in touch. I'm sure I'll see you around. Yeah. I look forward to it. Thanks, Steve. Thank you.